When the enemy distracts you and you start paying attention to what you lack, and what you don't have, what hasn't happened yet, the, you know, the expectation between what you think should be and what is, uh, the things that you, you think God should have done but he hasn't done or hasn't done yet, when, you, when you're here, complaining needs to be evidence to you that you are losing the battle of distraction. What's up, guys? Uh, today, we are going to go deeper in a conversation that we actually started on Sunday at Pursuit Church. So if you go to Pursuit Church uh, and you're picking this episode up uh, from the message on Sunday, uh, then awesome. But I want to tell you, you do not have to have watched the message to get this. This is just a deeper point as we kind of walk through the idea of distractions, uh, which is what we're going to talk about today. But before we get into it, I just want to say, one, thank you so much uh, for being a part of this channel. Thank you so much uh, for supporting it, for liking it, for commenting on it, and for sharing it and uh, helping us kind of grow our influence through this YouTube channel and this podcast and whatever platform uh, that you're watching this or listening this on. I, I say this, and I'm going to say it all the time you hear me say it. If this helps you, it will help someone else. If God uses this, this in your life, God will use it in someone else's life. Um, and so all it takes for you is to do a share, uh, to copy the link, text it to somebody, send it to your small group, send it to your spouse, send it to your kids, uh, get the word out. If God uses this in your life today, he will use it in someone else's life. And so uh, let's work together uh, to get God's word out um, as much as we can. And if you are not already subscribed, hit the subscribe button, be a part of this. And if you want to go the extra mile and never miss anything we do, uh, hit the bell there on the YouTube channel uh, on whatever podcast or platform you're listening on. And that will uh, make sure that you get notifications any time that we upload something. Um, it's just a powerful way to stay a part of it. So we love you guys. Uh, I'm glad that we get to walk through this life together uh, and we're going to hop into it. So we're going to talk about distractions today. Um, and there, there's two things about distractions. One, I think that this is the greatest uh, tactic of the enemy. This is the greatest tactic of the enemy and it's the one that he uses most of the time in our lives to attack us. Uh, and it's distraction. And the reason that he uses distraction is because if we're followers of Jesus, our faith is in Christ, our, we are secure in the power and the finishing work of the cross, meaning that the enemy cannot defeat us. We cannot be defeated in this life, uh, but we can be distracted from living the life that Christ died to give us. That is why uh, the enemy and the world and the culture, that's why our greatest battleground in this life, 99% of the time is gonna take place on the battlefield of distraction. Um, and so, you know, with our heart this year of just being overcomers uh, and walking in this culture uh, and shining the light of Jesus and overcoming evil with good, a big part of that is gonna be winning the battle of distraction in our life. And so uh, we started this conversation now, we're going to focus on one very specific, powerful distraction today, um, but there are other ones, and we may do a bonus episode this week, um, and so watch out for that. But I want to hop into this. So I want to talk about today uh, the, the distraction that results in complaining. So this is a little bit more difficult to uh, iterate uh, but I, I want you to understand this, that the enemy distracts us. And the only thing I can, the only thing I can come up with to say is he distracts us with what we lack, with what we don't possess, and with what hasn't happened yet. 
He distracts us with what we lack, what we don't possess, and what hasn't happened yet. Uh, and this is the result. The result of, of losing the battle of distraction in this way is ultimately complaining. Uh, and so this, this conversation about distraction day is going to go dual and parallel with the idea of complaining. And we're going to look at this, and I want to go deep because the Lord has given me uh, some some powerful things in my life that have that has just in many ways over the last months and years really revolutionized the way that I think and process uh, life. And so I just want I want to read this exactly uh, the way that I have written it because I think that it is important and I, I want you to write this down. This is a note worth writing down of what complaining truly is. Complaining is the verbal rebellion. It's the verbal rebellion that fills the gap between our view of God's will and our view of our own will. Complaining is verbal rebellion. Between the, the, the gap between what God is doing, what God's will is, what God has provided, the way at which God, the path that we're on, the, the things that have happened in our life, uh, complaining ultimately, complaining ultimately is looking at life looking at what we lack, looking at what uh, we don't have, what we don't possess, what hasn't happened yet, and then complaining or verbally rebelling against what God has done because what God has done does not live up to the standard of what we wish him to do or, or our will or our desire for the path that we're on. So I'm going to say it one more time because I don't, I don't want to cloud this. I want to make sure, honestly, honestly, if we just hear this, everything else that comes after this is just bonus information. All right? Complaining is when we look at our life and we look at what we want and we look at what our will is and we look at what our desires are and we look at what we think that we need and we look at what we, we wish would happen and then we see reality or we see the way God moves or we see the reality at which God has taken us in or his will and his path and complaining is the verbal rebellion. It is saying, I do not like God's will I like my will better than God's will. I like what I, I think that I, I know what I want and need more than God does. So I'm complaining because I don't have what I think that I need. I don't like the direction things are going. I don't like what has happened. I don't have what I need. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. Complaining is verbal rebellion that fills the gap between our perspective of God's will and our own will. That's ultimately what it is. And I, and I want, uh, before we get into the distraction part of this, I want to read this to you in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, uh, verses 5 through 10. Now, this is, this is important. This is very, very important that you, you hear this. You need to go find this in, in the Word. You need to study this. You need to read this set of scriptures. It's 1 Corinthians 10, 5 through 10. And I'm going to show you something about complaining, grumbling, murmuring. Uh, now these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. So they, in this scripture, they're referring back to the people of Israel in the desert. So if, you, if you've never read through uh, Exodus and you know, Deuteronomy and, and see the massive complaints of the people of Israel in the desert, despite God freeing them from Egypt, despite all of the amazing things that he did, despite showing them his power, his presence, despite uh, just providing over and over and over again and protecting and leading and guiding, despite everything that God did, continually they grumbled against God and Moses, continually they complained, continu uh, continually they murmured. And ultimately, there were more 
uh, more wrath, more judgment poured out in the desert because of complaining than any other sin. And complaining is a sin. And I'm going to point that out to you right here. So let's finish this. Now these things occurred as examples to us from setting to keep us from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. We should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes. And verse 10, and do not grumble as some of them did and were killed by the destroying angel. So that word, anytime you see grumble, murmur, or complain, that's all the same word. That's all the same thought process. That's all the same thing. It's all complaining. So I, I want to point something out to you. You have, you have uh, God listing. First off, he says up front, he goes, these things occurred as examples to keep us from setting our hearts on the same evil things that the people of Israel did in the desert. Ultimately, this cost them from entering the promised land, from having that relationship with God that gave them the faith and the courage and the strength to, to cross the Jordan, to get in the promised land, to see God move and to live the life that God called them to live. Ultimately, that's what it cost them. And God says all of this happened to them as an example for us so that we don't set our hearts on the same evil things so that we don't do the same evil things. It's important that you catch evil things. And then he lists some things that all of us would agree are evil. Idolatry, that's evil. We get that. You've got sexual sin, that's evil. We get that. Testing God, questioning God, that's evil. We get that. But then the fourth one that they mention is complaining. So you've got idolatry, sexual immorality, and questioning just God in general, and you have complaining. Four deep-seated sins that, was, that came from or founded in them setting their heart on evil and resulted on them setting their heart on evil. Complaining is right next to idolatry and sexual immorality. So I want you, I want you to just sit with that for a second. Complaining, murmuring, grumbling is right next to idolatry, and sexual immorality, and overall rebellion against God. Think about that. Think about that. Why is it such a serious sin? Why is it such a difficulty? And why does the enemy work so hard to distract us, to turn us into complainers? Because it is exactly what I said it is. Complaining is verbal rebellion. It's you looking at what you lack, looking at what you don't have, looking at what hasn't happened yet, and, and verbally rebelling against what God has done, what God said that he would do. It's not just you not believing. It's you saying, I see it. I don't like it. I see what God's doing and I don't like it. I see what he's provided and I'm not okay with it. I don't like it. I see the direction he's taking us and I don't like it. I see what we're going through and I don't like it. Complaining is verbal rebellion that fills in the gap. This is one of the, the many a ways that the enemy can distract us and move us off course from living the life God's called us to live. And so I want to, I want to look at what so, complaining is founded in the foundation of a lot of complaint. Complaining is founded in unfaithfulness, but specifically unfaithfulness towards God's will, God's ways, God's thoughts versus our own will, ways, and thoughts. Ultimately, it is saying, I believe I am better, smarter, greater and that it would be better if I had what I want versus what God gave me. It would be better if I had what I felt like I needed versus what God gave me. It would be better if things went this way versus the way God has taken us. It would be better if marriage meant this versus what God says that it means. It is, it's us looking at, at God's world that he created and saying, I ultimately feel like 
that I know more and I know better. And so I'm verbally calling that out. I'm grumbling. I'm complaining. I'm murmuring against God and what he's provided, what he's done, the way he's leading, what he's given us. And I've said, this is not good enough. I could do better if I had my way. All right. It's, it's deep. It's deeper than we think it is. Complaining is a verbal response to the human heart, not trusting God's ability and or goodness. All right. It is the verbal response. It's the heart's response to not trusting God's ability or God's goodness. Complaining is always founded in comparison. And I want to hang out here just for a second because this is very important. Complaining is always found in comparison. Your current reality versus another reality. It could be someone else's reality. It could be a, a fictitious uh, expectation in your mind of what life should be, where you should be at this point in your life, what things should look like by now, how much money you should have, what your house should be, what your car should be, how high up the corporate ladder you should have been, you know, up to this point that, that you have a, a, a fictitious expectation. You have a delusional dream in your mind about what life should be in either one area or in totality. And then you look at reality and you don't like it and you complain about it and you murmur about it and you grumble about it because you're, you're, you're comparing your current reality to some fictitious dream. A lot of times it's, it's to the past. It's the things that you've had in the past. It's, it's, it's things used to be better. This, I remember I was happier when it was like this. I had more joy when it was like this. If things were more effective like this. And the problem is, is that as we follow God and as we move, God, it's a journey. It's a progression. We're moving forward. We're moving to greater things, better things, different things. And a lot of times, we, as we think back, we have a, a fictitious lie about what was in the past. This was huge for the people of Israel because God freed them. They were enslaved for 400 years. They were miserable. They were depressed. They were weak. They had lost all hope and all faith. And they cried out to God for 400 years for God to save them. And God saves them, wipes Egypt out, sets them free, performs miracles, gets them in the desert. And they're not in the desert for weeks and then they're reflecting back on the slavery and on the evil and on the horribleness that was their life in Egypt. And all they could remember was, well, we had fruit and we had fish. And so they began to look at their current reality and complain and rebel against what God had done, completely forgetting how horrible things really were. So this is, this is, this is huge for me. And I want you to understand, when, when the enemy distracts you and you start paying attention to what you lack, what you don't have, what hasn't happened yet, the, you know, the expectation between what you think should be and what is, uh, the things that you, you think God should have done but he hasn't done or hasn't done yet, when, you, when you're here, complaining needs to be evidence to you that you are losing the battle of distraction. And I want to talk through the consequences of this really fast. And I've got, I wrote, the Lord just put a bunch of different things in and I want to make sure that we can all get this. Uh, I, want, I just wrote down some things that, that I think are important and I want to spend a few seconds on them. Uh, practical consequences of complaining. It is direct evidence you are losing the battle of distraction to the enemy, number one. Immediately, if complaining is a part of your life, if grumbling is a part of your life, if murmuring is a part of your life, if you're constantly focused on what you don't have or what hasn't happened yet, then you just know in your heart and in your mind you're losing the battle of distraction in these areas of your life. It's direct evidence you aren't trusting in God's power and goodness. This is huge things to evaluate in our life. It will cause you, listen, this is, I'm going to, I want to spend some time here. It will cause you to miss the power of what is in your possession. 
it will cause you to miss the power of what is already in your possession. And so I want to hang out here for a minute. And I want to go. So a lot of these distractions that the Lord has shown me is coming out of the life of David. It's just the way he's kind of taught it. And, and if, you, if you go and you read through 1 Samuel uh, chapter 17, 18, you, you see the life of David, you know, the beginnings of it. And you see the famous battle of David and Goliath. And I want to put you in a situation really fast, and I want you to step into this story. So David shows up. He's a shepherd boy. He has no fighting experience that we know of in terms of military. He's still very young. He's the baby brother. He's not, he's not even old enough to technically fight and go out to war after Saul at this point. Yet he's going to challenge Goliath. He has this massive opportunity to challenge Goliath. And David finds himself in a situation. Now, I want, to, I want us to, this isn't what happened, okay? But I, I want us to step into, we, we see the way David handled the situation. But I want to see how we would handle the situation. A lot of times we handle the situation. We're standing there. We, we see Goliath. We feel like this opportunity. We think God's calling us into this thing. And the first thing that we start to do is we start to complain, focus, and be distracted on what we lack or what we don't have. And we look out over the field and we say, that giant, he's taller than me. I'm smaller than he is. He's got years of experience in fighting. I don't have years of experience in fighting. He's got a sword. I don't have a sword. He's got a spear. I don't have a spear. He's got a shield. I don't have a shield. He's got an armor bearer, a little assistant following him around. I don't have anybody following me around except sheep. Uh, this isn't fair. This isn't right. God's called me to this battle. God's called me to this thing. And I want to do it. I would do it if I had a sword. I would do it if I had fighting experience. I would do it if I had a spear. I would do it if I had the things that, that Goliath has. I, I would do it, but I'm not going to do it, or I can't do it, or I'm afraid to do it, or I can't even walk in, or I can't even imagine it really being God calling me into this battle because I am looking at the things that I lack and don't have. This is the way most of the time, this is how we live our life. We don't live our life the way that David lived his life. He won the battle of distraction here because David did not look at all the things that he didn't have, all the things that he lacked, all the things that God hadn't given him or hadn't done yet, all the experience that he didn't have. What he looked at was what experience did he have? What, what, what weapons did God give him? What, what preparation did he have? And this is David. David knows how to sling a stone like you and I can't imagine. He has taken out lions and bears at this point in his life. God has opened up the door to teach him an art form, teach him to master the ability to throw a rock with a sling. Now, this is, this is the thing. What we do when we complain and when the, when the devil tries to distract us is we look at all the things that we don't have and we compare ourselves to the culture. We compare ourselves to you know, another person. We compare ourselves to someone older. We compare ourselves. We look at this future thing and what we think should be and we miss the power of what we had. And I'm gonna tell you three things really fast that can just stop this distraction in its core. Uh, the reality of it is, is that God gives you exactly what you need when you need it. Any battle you face in this life, any season you come up against, I can promise you, I can tell you, God will give you what you need and 99.9% of the time, he gives it to you ahead of time, you just don't recognize it for what it is. So. David in confidence in the Lord and confidence that the Lord prepared him, faithfully trusting that the Lord has already given him everything that he would need for this battle. He goes down to the river. He takes five stones. He puts it in his bag. He goes up. He challenges Goliath. And the rock and the, the sling and the rock defeat the giant, the spear, the sword, the shield, the armor, and the assistant. Everything that he lacked didn't matter. And this is, this is the 
the power of the consequence when we let the enemy distract us in this way and constantly focus on what we don't have and complain and murmur is we miss the power of what is already in our possession. We miss the power of what is already in our possession. Every battle God calls us to, you all, listen to me, listen to me, you already have what you need. God will never call you into a battle, walk you down a path, or put you in a situation that he has not already given you everything you need. You show me anywhere in scripture where this is, and then we can talk about it, but I don't see it. God always, 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 already provides everything we need by the time we get to the battle lines, by the time we face Goliath, by the time we get to the valley or get to the top of the mountain or we get to whatever season we're in. God does give it to us. Now, we may not take advantage of it because we may bury it with our complaints, with our grumbling, with our murmuring. We may not realize the power of what we have because we're being distracted by paying attention to what we lack. And I want to finish some of these. Will It'll cause you to waste time, energy, and resources on worthless directions in your life. It will cause you to be unthankful and ungrateful for what is already present in your life. Now, this is a big one to me because God gives us everything. He's Every day we live is a blessing. Every day we live is a blessing. So when we let the enemy distract us on what we lack or don't have, and we complain, and there, the thankfulness and gratefulness, they are the opposites. It's a dichotomy of complaining. If complaining is a part of your life, if there's a focus on what you lack, don't have, and what hasn't happened yet, then you are not living thankfully and you are not living gratefully. And the Bible says, God says, there is a power in being thankful every day. There's a power in it. It will limit uh, the amount of active peace and joy in your life. Uh, it just will. I mean, it, you, when, when there, there is a, con because listen, you have everything you need, but there is a million things you don't have. So there's a million things that you can focus on every single day and think, oh, I don't have that and I don't get that and I'm not there yet and I don't have enough money to do this and I don't have that. You, could, you can play that game in every way all day. It will highly limit your joy and your peace in this life. It just will. It will weigh on you physically as well as others. And I'm going to finish with this one because I want you to understand a distinct truth that I think is heavy. Proverbs 7, 22, a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. There's two things here. Don't. This is explaining to you something true. If your heart is in a joyful place, if your mind is in a joyful place, it is like medicine to your body and to your life. If your spirit or your heart, your mind is in a crushed place, in a, in a not solid place, uh, it is like a weight and a burden to your life and to your body. And I, the, the problem with this is you can look at that and you can go, okay, I get that. I see what you're saying. I understand that. The part where this comes in with complaining is most of the time our internal state is up to us, not the outside world around us. So when you, when you have a faithful relationship with God and you're trusting God and you're focused on what God is doing, and you're focused on what God has already given you. And you live with just the, the foundational, fundamental belief, I have everything that I need because God promised that I would have it and promised that he would give it to me. 
and that when I he, I will never be in a situation uh, that that I can't overcome. I will never be in a situation that he has not already provided everything. When you live with that, you're thankful and you just know there's a peace, there's a joy in your heart and your mind. And you know, listen, I may face a battle today, but the Lord either has or will provide everything that I need before I get into that moment, that he will make it through, that he will push through. When you have a peace in that and the outside circumstances and the and what you lack and what hasn't happened yet doesn't affect you have this joy you have this medicine that just flows out there's a freedom there's a peace there's excitement there's energy you're just moving through because your internal heart your the, what, what's giving medicine to your life into your body it's not dependent on what's going on outside of you because you have this truth and this freedom and knowing that God always always comes through he's never faced defeat he gives us what we need every single day every single week every single season he provides it we may be missing it but it is present all that we need is there versus versus the crushed spirit where listen if your spirit is crushed there may be tragic things that take place and crush your spirit and that is one thing but most of the time and i just want to be blunt most of the time we walk around with a a beaten down spirit and a crushed spirit because we choose not to see the greatness and the goodness of God in our life. We make a decision like the people of Israel did in the desert. We make a decision to look at all that God did and then only focus on this. We have manna and quail, but we don't have the fish like we used to have. You know, we, we've got, we're, we're, it, it, it's, it's hot, but we're free. But it, it, it's difficult in the desert, but uh, at least we're not chained up like we used to be and being beaten throughout the day and forced to work as laborers and forced to work as slaves. It, it's, this, it's this mentality of constantly looking at what you don't have and letting that define your peace and joy for you. This is a decision that you make. This is not a mental illness. This is a decision that you make in life to look at everything you lack, to look at everything you don't have, to look at everything God hasn't done yet and constantly focus on it and then complain and you're distracted. And the whole time this is happening, the whole time this is happening, we are missing the life God has actually called us to live. We've missed the beauty and the opportunity of what God is doing in and around us. We're missing it. We're missing it. We're missing God. We're missing the beauty of the moment. We're missing the, the miraculous thing. You know, And I want to just end with this. There is an excitement to me sometimes when I look around, I feel like God's calling us to do something and we don't have or we lack what is needed to I know do that. It, it used to be an anxiety. I used to complain about it. It used to be a struggle. Now there is an excitement because I know, listen, when I'm in the desert and I'm thirsting to death, God's going to do a miracle. If that's what it takes to get me water, he's not going to let me die out here. It, I, it may be from a rock. It may be from the rain. I may dig holes and water may come up from the desert. These are all ways that God provided water in desert situations throughout scripture. It gets me excited. When I see lack, I don't complain. I get excited because I say, hey, listen, God's about to do something crazy amazing because I believe I have everything that I need. And if I don't have it, he will provide it. He will provide it. He will give. He will open up the door. He will lead. He will give us the direction. He will come through because my God always comes through. The enemy wants to distract you by all the things that you lack, all the things you don't have, all things that don't happen yet. Do not let the enemy win in your life like this. I want to say this one last thing and then we'll close. Complainers die in the desert. That's just the way it is. People who don't focus on lack, they are conquerors, and they move into the promised land, and they see the power of God. I love you so much. Thank you so much for being a part of this. If this means something to you, please share it. Please like it. Please comment. If you need anything, let us know. We love you. Please subscribe. 
God is going to use this. I believe it in your life. Love you guys so much. See you next time.